Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. And Jim Jordan, ranking Republican. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. Today is Monday, September 16th, 2019. And for me, it's getting a little bit chilly. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but we're expecting snow at the end of the month, apparently, up my way. Um, there is a lot to talk about. Like, over the weekend, Kavanaugh just broke out. And many might think... Well, why is this happening now? I mean, why did the New York Times run that piece? It's almost as if they wanted to shoot the deep state in the foot. What? It's, is that true? Right? Is that the way it is? See, here's the thing about corrupt individuals. They usually end up pulling their own pants down. I've said this so many times before. And this is a prime example. You see, you're like, but, but, but they were, you know, putting out there, putting this in there. They buried some really important information we'll talk about, but how's that harming them? I'll demonstrate that. So a lot is coming to the forefront. And remember, I've been told to hold my part two on this gosh darn it, Fusion GPS, Bruce Orr uh, shenanigans. And this is why. Because a lot of people are going to find out things that not a lot of people know. And so it's trickling out in the internet because you know what I like to do? Um, aside from going to Wikipedia and changing scientific information purposely so any idiot that cites it gets an F in college or in high school, right? You should never use Wikipedia as a source. What I like to do is get on forums and different groups where people think they they are digging information. Okay. Let me, let me, let me just take a couple steps back. So when you want information to be put out to the public, you usually send out a press release, right? Now, what if the intelligence community wanted to release information? Would they just leak some information to some journalists usually, right? So they could write a piece up. But what if you wanted it to trickle? So the rule of thumb is you enter into conversations where you have fostered some online online relationships with people and you start a discussion by dropping a fact. And usually you do this in forums, boards, you know, or even Twitter and Facebook through an established account that has just been around for years where you trickle some stuff and you know that the people that are watching are rabbit hole chasers, right? Rabbit holes are lovely. Rabbit holes make each and every one of us obsessed. How many of you have looked into one thing and then you're like searching and then you have like 20 tabs open, right? I'm sure a lot of you are like, yep, yeah, been there. Because as human beings, we are always curious to find the answer. 
kind of like kitty cats. You know, curiosity killed the cat. In this sense, it would be kind of the same, right? (laughs) Too curious, too close to the sun, boom, your wings melt and you fall, right? But that is only when the sun is corrupt. When it's not corrupt, everything just seems to manifest. Because now we're looking at all this poop floating at the top of this swamp pool. And they don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know how to hide. From what I hear, there's going to be some major expose about the New York Times. Now, we already know they're corrupt. We already know some of them are really, really freaky that carry around dolls in their pocketbooks. <laughs> we all know that they were in bed with Comey. We all know that they were in bed with a lot of these people. And we all know the New York Times bestseller list is nothing more than what they want you to buy. It's not even real. You pay the right price, you get on the New York Times bestseller list. I mean, Michelle, Michael, Obama, whatever you want to call him, her, um, you know, their book didn't sell, but it made the New York Times bestsellers. Oh, Hillary Clinton's didn't sell, but hmm, there you go. So, you know, she was right by the toilet paper in Costco hoping to sell books. Let's be honest. So what is coming up? I mean, everyone knows that the FISA report from the OIG perspective has been done. They're refusing to subpoena or ask Horowitz to come and testify. Why? What is going on? What have they been doing? Impeachment articles? Yep. Rules don't work for us, so we're just going to make them up. Unconstitutional. Completely unconstitutional. And Pelosi knows she's on thin ice. Containers, anyone? That's the way it goes. So where are we? Gosh, it's Monday. We've got people raiding Area 51. Which, by the way, there's a very interesting, interesting, interesting little tidbit on that. So, Area 51. Area 51. Pretty interesting. Did you know how we built, got money to build the wall? It's a very fun fact. Super fun fact. The President of the United States took money from 51 air force areas to fund the wall (sighs) so weird how facebook groups twitter forums chan boards you name it drop you that information correctly or show guidance area 51 51 air force areas got their funding pulled, which made no sense as to why they had that funding in the first place. I'm just saying, if we only paid attention, and the thing is, we are in a in an era where distraction is inevitable. We are stimulated by everything. Phones, iPads, computers, you name it, we're distracted. I mean, how many of you can sit down and watch TV without leaving your phone in another room so you don't check Twitter or Instagram or say something or kind of search something that just came to mind. Oh, I saw this commercial. Let me check that out. None of us practically, unless you consciously leave your phone in another room, which I have been practicing religiously. Um, you're not going to focus. I mean, 
I'm in the kitchen cooking risotto and risotto guys, you got to stay on top of it, right? If you walk away for one second, pee break. Oh, let me just watch this TV, you know, clip and YouTube on your phone, Twitter conversation, your rice is burnt. And I still have a problem with that. (laughs) So technology distracts us. So it is a double edged sword because in reality, the distractions are helping them obfuscate the facts. And so this is why I I keep saying, let me remind you something about history because they're not telling you about it because they don't want you to remember, to remember what happened, to remember what they did, to remember the facts, kind of like I said, let's revisit Bush 43 and James Comey and Mueller to see that relationship, how Comey just appeared out of nowhere and became acting attorney general. But Matt Whitaker, who has got a long-standing history as U.S. attorney, they were up in arms. How dare he, inexperienced man, you know, whereas Comey only had a year and a half. Forget the rubbish you see coming up saying, well, Comey was like U.S. attorney here, there, there. No, he wasn't. He was part of the clown agency. He was traveling the world. You know, these guys are all interconnected. It's just one group of people. Can you not see the pattern? Like how many times does it have to be a coincidence before you can see it? How many times do we have to see the same faces pop up over and over and over again before you're like, wait a, wait a minute. Um, <sighs> Can it be a coincidence? Kind of like Bush had a problem with the Saudis. Bush needed to cover that up. Bush needed to cover that BCCI bank. So he called in Mueller to fix it. And then when his son is in trouble with Saudis, who do they call? Mueller to the rescue. And boom, there he is heading up that special division, which is called the FBI, which has blurred the lines between intelligence and law enforcement completely. It is pure insanity, pure insanity. So you have to think to yourself, why are we talking about Kavanaugh now? If you guys remember, almost a year ago, I told you about Chief Justice Roberts. I told you that his time is very, very short. And he, being the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, should have obviously said something. Obviously, Put his foot down. Obviously, no, he won't. He will not intervene. Why? Because he's going down in flames and he knows it. And he's just hoping that for some reason, some wild prayer is answered and President Trump just goes away and this whole thing is gone. That's basically it. Now, we've talked about Chief Justice Roberts. I've told you how much trouble he's in. I've told you how linked he is to this cabal. And of course, we know they got even more evidence through Epstein, more blackmail through Epstein with Chief Justice Roberts. But before that, we had Mina, Mina, Mina. His family was involved in that. He was involved in that. Like, this is just way too coincidental to be a coincidence, okay? Um, I have stayed away talking about Michael Flynn because I pretty much told you over a year ago what's going to happen with that and how he's going to walk and how they obfuscated and how, how, how. So there's not much anything new to say except for now we're just cheering on the victories and boy, you know, does Powell look hot. I love her. I love her. So... And what people need to understand is, is that 
it's going to be coming to fruition. Uh, I wanted to say something that I should have talked about last week and I didn't. So uh, last week I found a video where I was like from an, an old account that I had with YouTube where I was making videos, right? And um, in there I had, uh, and the reason I did find it was because my young one was like, oh my God, you put like this video of me where I look like a little brat when I'm three and people are calling me a spoiled brat and I don't like it. And I was just like, okay, I'll make it private at least. So that way only mommy sees it and I never let it go when you were, you know, three and funny. But I found some videos where I'm like, you know, talking about, um, I'm, I'm literally giving back to the community and teaching about genetics and DNA and stuff like that. And on there, I stumbled upon a video where I decided I was going to start vaping instead of smoking because I, I don't hide it that I'm a smoker. And I'm the person that says, yeah, smoking is dirty and disgusting. But on the other hand, I really don't care. I've got one life. Okay. And if um, smoking is going to shorten it, well, then by all means, until it stop starts affecting me, I really don't care. And even if it does, I totally own it because I did it. Okay. I did it. Nobody else did. And I'm all about, you know, making your own choices and decisions, uh, regardless if it's dirty, then this is uh, a nicotine addict speaking, right? Um, I just want to put it out there, but so I started, uh, vaping. It lasted literally three days. Why? Obviously I was in grad school at the time I had access to laboratories and I was doing things. And I noticed that there were some chemicals within the vape itself that overexpanded your lungs. So, you know, Amy Winehouse had emphysema. Emphysema is when your lungs are kind of, imagine a balloon that you've blown up and you've held blown up for a while, right? This is how I want you to envision your lungs. So you understand. And so as you blow up this balloon balloon and it's taut for like a year, you suddenly let it go, right? You let some of the air out. What happens? It's wrinkly, right? You know how balloons get wrinkled, right? Wrinkled. That's basically what emphysema is. It's the part where your lungs are literally wrinkled and uh, they don't fill up the way they should with air because they're wrinkled. They were overextended. And now they don't work. So the chemicals that were found in the vape were one, highly addictive. Two, believe it or not. Now, this could be wrong. I could be wrong because I never cross-referenced it or did anything. But the stuff that I was ordering was... Um, <clears throat> stuff that was like um, comparable to camel cigarettes. I don't smoke camels, but I'm just saying. And I found something that seemed to be uh, in the liquid, um, biological, uh, like like human tissue. It was super weird, okay? Super weird. And that's when I stopped. I was like, nope, cigarettes are great. I'm totally fine with that. Um, so it seemed like there was tissue of some sort, um, you know, that had a DNA profile. Uh, obviously I couldn't PCR, you know, like basically run it only because I could get in trouble for using things that cost money if it's not part of the research. Right. So I didn't, um, but it was really weird. And I also found that this, um, consistency it had was not only highly addictive, like beyond, it would actually sometimes even bond with opioid receptors without giving the effect of opioid, right? Which is weird. It's kind of like tramadol. Tramadol is a pain medication, right? That is non-opioid, but it acts like an opioid on the sense that um, it binds to the same receptors. Now that, you know, I'm sure a lot of you are like, what do you mean by receptors? Okay. 
So let's pretend, um, how do I put this? Seats. So there's certain seats, right? Open seats, like open at a table seats that sit on each of our cells. Your muscle cells, your heart cells, your intestinal cells, brain cells, everything cells. Have picture like an open table, like for dinner, right? With seats. These seats are highly specific. They're reserved for specific people or in this sense, molecules to sit on. Now, when you sit in a seat, you cause a reaction. So if you take tramadol, for example, even though the seat is for opioids, so you get, you know, no pain, you know, and you feel that euphoria, tramadol will sit down in that seat because it's wearing the same outfit as opioids do, like oxy, oxy does, right? It's wearing the same outfit, like the same red dress, same dark hair, but it's a different person. They just look alike, right? So Tramadol sits in that seat and takes the position that the opioid red dress brunette would sit in. And so it gives the effect of pain relief, but doesn't give you the high, Okay. Now, using tramadol a lot will then start feedback mechanisms in your brain that will tell you you feel good when you sit there, even though it's not an opioid, you know, for lengthy uh, use. That's why people that take tramadol find that they have no pain, but then they suddenly get um, more energetic and feel better. Uh, That's what happens. Opioids, on the other hand, you take it, it sits in that seat, right? That red dress, the right red dress, the right hair, the right person, that opioid, that oxy sits in that seat and it activates not only the no pain, but it activates, I feel good, but I really don't have energy kind of thing. Okay, so now that we know the differences between a opioid wannabe and an opioid, let's get into nicotine addiction and vaping. So nicotine, do you know, guys, why people like to smoke after they eat? Pretty simple. On our intestines, well, our GI system is riddled with nicotinic receptors, meaning that nicotine literally binds or takes a seat at the table of our GI system. Now, when they sit there, they aid in digestion. So when you eat, your intestines start to move, your body creates all these, you know, you know, these, these juices to cut it up, the chime, the this, the that, and then propels it through this and puts it into the small intestine, then it moves on and moves on. And all of this is done through different muscle movements, right? And everything just coming together, the body speaking to itself. This is why the GI system is so incredible. Believe it or not, it has its own separate neuronal group. It's almost like a secondary brain. That's why when people say rely on your gut, it probably comes from there. Because in reality, there is a second autonomous neuro circuit just for the GI because it's so complex to break down the food, to put it in there, to pull the right proteins, to add the right water, to take everything correctly, to to remove the amount of water you need, blah, 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 blah. Right? Now, nicotine helps make it more relaxed. Nicotine, when it sits on the at the table of the nicotinic receptive table, right? And it sits down and it's the right blue dress with the blonde hair and the piercing blue eyes and sits down at the table and says, all right, I'm here, you guys. I'm here, GI system. That receptor activation is almost like a maestro 
You know, when you have an orchestra, they can probably play the music together because they've done it so many times, right? And it'll sound good. But when you add the maestro with his little conductor stick and telling them, yep, go, yep, go, yep, go, higher, lower, blah, it works better. The nicotinic receptor is just that, the conductor of the orchestra. So even though your body may be trained to digest perfectly, no matter what you eat, when you take on some nicotine after you eat, it's like throwing in the best conductor of that symphony. This is why people are like, oh, that feels so good to have a cigarette after I eat. Because suddenly there's a conductor in the house. So if you ate those peppers that are going to punish you for the next 24 hours, it's going to go smoothly. If you ate too much pasta and you feel like you want to pass out, it's okay. You got the conductor in the house. It's going to go smoothly. So this is how nicotine works. Just so you know, it sits at the table. Well, here's what the vapes do. The vapes are doing the same thing. Only thing is the nicotine that they put at the table is like, um, what are, what are those called? Pod people, you know, where the aliens like invaded humans in that movie and they would like go around. Okay. So it's like a pod nicotine. So what happens is, is when you vape, uh, not only do your lungs overexpand and they and and the actual um, plume that you take in uh, activates certain receptors in your lungs to overexpand, right? Which is the leading cause of emphysema, but it also binds to other receptors that are non nicotinic that are unknown. It varies depend on the mixture you get. You know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, there's antifreeze, this, that, that." You know. I don't know. I'm telling you from what I know, uh, the one that I had seen was a nicotine wannabe that seemed like a pod person because every time that nicotine, you know, receptor was activated by the nicotine in that vape product, it would literally degrade the seat. So it would degrade the seat and populate more. So it would be like this chick with the blue dress and the blonde hair and the striking blue eyes would come in, but her nose would be like, you know, Bette Midler's and her teeth would be like, I don't know, really messed up, right? Really ugly inside kind of thing on the inside, you know, outside same, inside different. So what happens is when that, you know, that chemical compound that would be nicotine it would have a little extra and what it would do is the minute it would sit in that seat in that receptor that seat would disintegrate and two would pop up in its place so suddenly you had more receptors demanding to have more nicotine this is how addiction happens um you know when you have um when you when you take oxy for example you know, we all have opioid receptors in our brain, in our bodies and everything, but it literally changes your biology. Why? The more you take it, the more seats are open. So it's kind of like a restaurant. Think of it like a restaurant. So this is exactly what this vaping does. Think of it like a restaurant and the seats at the table are four. But if you keep filling them up, there's a demand for more. So suddenly this restaurant makes like four or five more tables with four seats. And then it's like, wait, I need more. Makes more tables. Then it makes big tables with like 12 people. And the minute you decide, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. Or I'm done taking it for my toothache. Suddenly you're a restaurant with a lot of seats. And what do you do? You put them on sale. You're like, come on, people, let's get in. And if nobody comes in, you're desperate. But those seats remain there. 
Are you getting it? They remain there. They stay there and they're asking for someone to take a seat. This is why it hurts, you know, to withdraw. These vape products, super addictive, super duper addictive. They are not made in America. First of all, majority of them were made in China, 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 China. And these toxins had molecules that would bind to receptors and transport within our bodies that would cause changes not only in our uh, lung function or our GI function and brain function, but guess what? Fertility function. They would literally have specific, these biological things that I found over the years reading other people's research, independent of course, because the community would never let you publish something like this, independent of course, they would actually see um, that it would bind to certain uh, hormonal uh, feedback mechanisms. So women would be infertile and men's Sertoli cells would totally degrade. And that's where you make all your, you know, future, <laughs> you, need, you need them to, to, to feed your future generations, men. This is why they say don't put laptops on your lap because it decreases your sperm count. It's kind of like the same thing. Don't smoke vape because it's kind of like soy. Okay. And you know, totally irrelevant. I was watching TV this weekend and my daughter was like, wow, they like soy milk. And I was like, no wonder Chinese people aren't hairy. Right? No soy. And maybe this is why they're small too. Soy, soy, soy. So vaping for me, because it overexpands the lungs because of these artificial agents, even if we do start bringing them back to the U.S., I would say sticking old school, if you've been smoking for 10 years and don't have cancer, don't have COPD, don't have emphysema, pretty much okay, I guess. I mean, in my family, cancer runs, but nobody has gotten um, cancer uh, induced from smoking. Smoking induces cancer of the lungs because that is what it destroys. So when I hear people say, oh, do you smoke? That's why you got ovarian cancer. It's like, what? So... On that note, let's finish this um, half hour on vaping China, China, China's secret plan through vaping to not let us have babies. I'll see you guys all in just a bit. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. 
plus it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Right. So where do we um, before we get to the deep state stuff, before we get to Kavanaugh, before we get to all these coincidences that it's like you got to be really dumb if you were watching the movie of political debates and events that happen in the United States over 40 years, you'd be calling Americans really, really dumb. If you were able to stand on the moon and look down and say, gosh, can you guys not see it? Hello. You know, that. how many times have you watched a movie saying, I just can't watch this. They're just too dumb. This is exactly it. We look so dumb because we don't get it. Now, um, before we head into that, I want to talk about Saudi Arabia. Now, if you know, you heard it from me first over two weeks ago that in Saudi Arabia, Turkish drones are being used by Yemen to bomb them. Obviously, nobody talked about it, but now suddenly it's all the outrage and no one's saying, well, why is Turkey selling weapons to Al-Qaeda in Yemen? Everyone's like, it's a Houthi. It's Al-Qaeda, dude. The guy that runs Al-Qaeda in Yemen was the guy that Barack Hussein Obama let out of Gitmo. He even said, I am the leader of Al-Qaeda in Yemen. He was the one that funded and armed Al-Shabaab with all those crazy attacks, right? Speaking of Somalia, huh, Somali gangs on the rise, what's up? So anyway, I talked about that too. And obviously, because it's me and it's not CNN or Fox, you know, it's not news until somebody, you know, more important says it, you know, even though there was video of a man being tormented and beat up completely, it wasn't news until somebody else said it, of course. Just like in this case. Oh, it's it wasn't news about Saudi Arabia's oil production facilities being bombed all the time because it wasn't news because now it's news because, oh, Iran did it. Uh, Iran's like, uh, no, we didn't because Iran's not the one supplying weapons to them. Take a listen to this short bit by Fox talking about how Iran denies U.S. claim that it was involved in, a, in drone attacks on Saudi oil facilities. Huh. Good job, Trump administration. Thank you for you know putting eyes on Iran, putting eyes on Saudi Arabia because nobody's talking about it. Now, I'm not saying the Saudis are great people, right? I'm not at all. Do not get me wrong. 
Okay. Do not get me wrong. Nobody is as great as, you know, us. That's what I like to say. (laughs) But no, they have been tormented by drones attacking their oil production facilities for weeks now. And no one's saying anything. This was the way to turn on the light and say, hello, look what's going on in Saudi Arabia. Because everybody didn't want to talk about it. So we had to set a fire. Okay. Take a listen to this report. story, Iran says that they are not responsible for this weekend's massive drone attacks on two Saudi Arabia oil facilities. This after Secretary of State Mike Pompeo directly blamed Tehran. For more on this, we're going to bring in Hudson Institute senior fellow and former intelligence officer Michael Pregent. Michael, the Secretary of State, some people have been very critical of him coming out and saying this early on that Iran is responsible for this, but you believe he's spot on. Why? Uh, I believe he's spot on because it is the uh, Islamic Republic that provided the training, the lethal aid, and the capability to not only Iraqi militias, but also the Houthis. Mm-hmm. I believe Iran, without a doubt, is responsible for this attack through, again, providing lethal aid and training these proxies on how to do exactly this. And so what, what, are, what are you basing this off of? I know you can't give us too much information, <laughs> right. but can you help us uh, understand what kind of evidence the Secretary of State might be looking at when he makes this kind of determination? Well, if we look at the last drone attack that happened on a, on a Saudi pipeline, it turns out it, it came from southern Iraq. It was a militia, Kitab Hezbollah. And Qasem Soleimani, the, the leader of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, was able to get the Houthis to take credit for it. But it was launched from southern Iraq. And this capability, they have a drone that can go about 600 miles, that can drop munitions. and they- Hold on. Southern Iraq. Remember we talked about this when that when he's referring to that attack on the Saudi pipeline that nobody talked about but us, right? Well, that one was from Southern Iraq. Who was in Southern Iraq? What officers were arrested by Iraqis in Southern Iraq? Oh, yeah, that's right. Six Turkish officers. This is where it comes down to. The IRGC is working with Turkey because they're all part of the same. But it's not Iran. It's not Iran. It's not Iran. This is why Iran says it's not us. And they're truthful. It's Turkey. They've had several successful attacks. But the Yemeni Houthi-controlled areas of Yemen are just outside of the range of this attack. So that puts it in, in Iraq, in southern Iraq, just based off the range of this attack you and think the it capability. Had, you think the drones had to launch or originate from southern Iraq in order to Most get likely, there. just yeah. based on the problem, just based sure. on the range. 600 miles is a long way to go, and the further you have to go, the less accurate you will be. And these were very accurate strikes on this Aramco facility. What do you make of... So it's not because the Turkish people unveiled their newest drones last year that pinpoint with laser accuracy using satellite and laser technology to eliminate targets with their UAVs has nothing to do with that. We're just going to point to Iran. See, this is what is exciting. That this misinformation that's being put out is to draw attention, but it really pisses me off because it's like, why not just be straight? Thanks, Obama, for letting out the leader of Al-Qaeda. Thanks, Obama, for not putting your foot down on Turkey. Thanks, NATO, for keeping Turkey in NATO when they are clearly funding enemy attacks, clearly funding terrorists. Thanks. Take a listen to more of this stuff. It irritates me. Obviously, it's purposeful, but it irritates me beyond belief because transparency, you know, my dad always said the truth hurts and it does. It's like ripping off a Band-Aid, but when it, once it's off, it doesn't hurt again. Lying to people or obfuscating such things continuously hurts. 
it's a continuous hurt, right? We should just be truthful and say, here's the Band-Aid. Yep. Obama messed up. He let this guy out. Here's the Band-Aid. Yep. Turkey. They've been funding every single terrorist organization. Band-Aid. Yep. They have occupied Cyprus. They are now annexing Libya. You know, they are now sending all these drones and Qatar is funding Al-Qaeda in Yemen, who is leading up and gaining ground. Band-Aid. This is why the U.S. sent troops to Saudi Arabia. We already know, like, hello, but for some reason, we're still doing this whole song and dance. The sophistication of this attack, 10 drones traveling this far uh, to be able to av- avoid detection and, and actually effectively hit its targets. How, well, what does this signal to you? Well, they, they know how to take advantage of Saudi Arabia's air defense systems. Uh, they can fly under the radar. Uh, they can, they can uh, put a capability in that the Patriots are not set up for. And, and, and we knew that they had these drones, but this is the first time that they've actually deployed them at, at this kind of scale, right? Well, the second time at this kind of scale. Mm-hmm. And, and now we, the first one came from southern Iraq. They've been able to launch drone attacks, but they haven't been successful from, from southern, uh, on southern Saudi Arabia from Yemen. But these successful attacks against the oil pipeline, oil pipelines in the Aramco facility are from southern Iraq. It looks that way just based off the ranges. And it's, uh, it's definitely Iran that's responsible for this. Not without a doubt, the Islamic Republic. They, Okay, this guy needs to go too, right? He's like such a Bolton Not definitely. I can't believe he said that. Definitely. You have no proof. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Like to make that suggestion so that way you can tickle the eyes of the media so all eyes on Iran, I get it. But to say most definitely, oh my gosh. Like has he not been to the weapons expo where Turkey put their new drone on, you know, show? I mean, even the drones that attacked Libya, right? The Tripoli, which is occupied by Turkey, which supposedly the Libyan National Army, which is the legit army, but not recognized by the UN, but recognized by everyone else, did it, was a Turkish drone. And Turkey is occupying that. They're bombing their own, the refugees themselves to make you know, more heat come under the collar of those. Come on, guys. I mean, they really think we're stupid. And you know what? Like I said, we're distracted so much that the truth is buried in rubbish, in statements like, yep, most definitely. No, it's not. Who is this clown and why is he speaking? He needs to just go away. IRGC is responsible for this. So, you know, a lot of people are wondering why now. We had this Democratic right. Congresswoman on uh, Katie Hill earlier in the show, and she said it just doesn't make sense because President Trump is, and the Trump administration is dangling the possibility of meeting with the Iranian President Rouhani at the UN General Assembly later this right. week. So she's wondering why now? Well, why now? Um, member Pro- Yeah, why is this clown saying that Iran is doing it now? Because they don't want President Trump talking with Iran. Get it? Like we said, ooh, what's going on in Saudi Arabia? We need to talk about this. We need to do this. And Iran is like, well, I don't know if we're going to talk, man. You need to take some sanctions off. And they're like, okay, well, let's just make it look like we're investigating that maybe Iran does. And then we have idiots like this who come out and say, oh, yeah, for sure. It's uh, the IRGC. Okay, we already know the IRGC is separate from Rouhani. We already know that the IRGC was installed by Peter Strzok's daddy, Peter Strzok the, the second. 
I, you know, people say the first, I say it's a second. His granddaddy, uh, his granddaddy, Peter Strzok's granddaddy's name was altered for X, Y, Z reason. <laughs> Funny enough, comes from Minneapolis. Funny enough, home of Ilhan Omar, but whatever. So <laughs> he's the one that installed them. So we already know that they're clown agency assets. And President Trump made that bull move of uh, recognizing them as a terrorist organization, not the Iranians themselves, but the IRGC, which is completely completely independent. And I know a lot of people are like, what are you talking about? They're part of, mm, not really. The structure is a little bit different. But anyway, this guy is telling you for sure it's Iran, yet the drones are Turkish. The Turkish people are funding Yemen and Al Qaeda is there. And now it's, oh, it's just the Houthi, the Houthi, the Houthi have no money. Okay. Who they have no money. Who has money? Al Qaeda has money. Where's Al Qaeda in Yemen? Hello. Same thing. Different name. Kind of like, ooh, Al Shabaab did these attacks. Actually, it was Al Qaeda because Al Qaeda, Al Shabaab, Hezbollah, all of these are under Al Qaeda because that's the only one that has money. And guess where they get their money from? Pretty cool, right? All these Islamic relief societies, all those legal organizations that we have in our nation like CARE that fund these terrorists, but, mm, you know, whatever, right? Prime Minister Abe was sitting with the Supreme Leader when, or with Rouhani, when the IRGC attacked a Japan, Japanese oil tanker in the Strait of Hormuz. That's why. It also will allow Rouhani not to have that handshake at New York, in New York, they want to embarrass, they want to embarrass the relationship. It, remember, it was the IRGC that seized 12 U.S. sailors on the eve of, of ratification of the Iran deal in uh, January of 2016. Really? No, it was because we hadn't paid up. And that was the thing. It was either pay us, Obama, or we're not playing anymore. And we're going to tell everyone what's going on. We need money. Al Qaeda needs money. Send that plane over with money. That's what it was. See, here he is. See, the best lie is the one that has a little bit of truth. Here's this little bit of truth. The IRGC wants to embarrass the handshake between Iran and uh, Rouhani and the president because they work against the president because they don't want peace because their funding sources say no peace. This is where the little bit of truth comes out. And the same question was asked, why would they do that? Mm -hmm. Well, they do it to derail. There's a hardline group within the IRGC that does not want to see any uh, rapprochement with the U.S. Oh, you mean the clown agency assets. Okay, now we're getting to some truthful conversation. See, the more you have someone corrupt talking, the more truth they have to put in there. But then they spin it to make it look like, yeah, even though IRGC is independent and they're working against Rouhani, it's totally Rouhani's fault. And it's like, how's that work? Hmm? How's that work? And they tend to do these things. Uh, and it's also embarrassing. Look at what Zarif did to Macron before landing at the G7. Macron tries to set up this back channel meeting. And before Zarif lands, he says, ballistic missiles are off the table. We're not going to talk about regional behavior. We're not going to talk about ending sunset clauses. This is just what Iran does. So how do you see this playing out? You have uh, Senator Lindsey Graham calling for possibly an attack, right. a retaliatory attack on Iranian oil refineries, a type of attack that would, quote, break the regime's back. This is why Lindsey Graham shouldn't be voted back in. This is why he needs to go. He needs to bow out. Why is he running again? And why is he asking for support? Bye, Lindsey Graham. Bye. You think that's that's possible? That's really it's potentially in the pipeline? It's something President Reagan did back then. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I think I think as we look at the intelligence over the next week, is, is it basically narrows where this attack came from, we're going to be able to put pressure on the government in Iraq, on Baghdad, on Tehran. And you have uh, Kuwaiti media 
eyewitnesses saying that the attack came from the north. It flew over Kuwaiti airspace into Saudi Arabia. And that's crucial because it's actually uniting. Uh, UAE is kind of straight a little bit away from Saudi Arabia, and this is kind of bringing them back into the fold. This is a brazen attack on a U.S. ally from a dedicated enemy. And I know everybody talks about Saudi Arabia and Iran. One's a necessary ally, and one's a dedicated enemy. And this attack was meant to embarrass the kingdom and also embarrass U.S. Uh, you, you say strategy in the region. You say it's a brazen attack, but as somebody who has followed this part of the world for so long, were, right. you, were you surprised? No, I, I'm not surpri- surprised. I'm, I'm, I want to be surprised. Mm-hmm. I want to be. Look, this Hudson Institute senior fellow needs to like not be on Fox because this is where it solidifies the the notion that Fox is also compromised. But Fox is very sneaky because they allow you to they attract you to go there because they speak truth, but then they obfuscate their agenda, which is to bring things like this forward. How did you know that it was predicted? Because it's stuff that we've done before. We've done this before. Iran-Contra. We could talk 80s, 90s. There's so, so many examples of this. But the bottom line is the Houthis didn't do it. Well, the Houthis did, I guess, because they're part of Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda did it. They did it with Turkish drones, new Turkish drones that actually have Chinese technology. And I think we talked about their new sexy drones, right, three weeks ago and how the Turkish people were so proud of that stuff and how it can go miles, even up to 1,200 miles. And he's talking about 600, 1,200 with no loss of sleep, no loss of accuracy with laser precision. But, yeah, no, it was Iran, really. So this is uh, where we're at. You know, Secretary Pompeo made it up. It's got to be Iran because it came from here. Why? Draw attention. This is where Iran's like, nah, we didn't do it. And they're like, well, what kind of drone would be able to travel from you? Oh, wait a minute. A Turkish one. That's how we get to the bottom. This is how you expose what's going on. Kuwait, really, UAE kind of straight away, but they're over here and this, that. Come on, man. No one's buying this BS. Seriously? Kuwait was in the pocket of the deep state from... Uh, from where years ago remember that's how the bushes made their money in the late 80s and 90s right was through kuwait right and their oil investments there but yeah they're totally independent i'd be surprised but you if you hear uh if you hear from a lot of the uh i call them cheerleaders on iraq they're surprised that iraq has gotten this bad to the point where israel is conducting airstrikes on iraqi militias in iraq and the iraqi people aren't protesting uh you know, analysts on Iraq and Iran are surprised by this, but they shouldn't be. This is exactly what the Islamic Republic does. All right, Michael Pregent, thank you Thanks so much for, for coming me. in and sharing your insights. Really appreciate uh, go it. Go Cowboys. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm from country. Texas, so I'll all shake right, your I'm hand from El Paso. on that. Nice. All right, great. All right. Looks like all the, you know, clowns come from El Paso, don't they? So we've got that going on with Iran right now, bringing him back to the forefront when we already know who's responsible for this, who's getting, who's arming them, who's paying for this. And you hear nothing about Turkey, 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 because we're going to have a lot to talk about Turkey tomorrow. Um, so let's shift gears. Let's start delving into our deep state shenanigans. And what I want us to hear is the most recent statement by um, Representative Jim Jordan, who I adore. Gosh, is that guy amazing. And um, he's going to talk about FISA abuse reports and the Democratic impeachment inquiry. And it's not an inquiry. It's let's change the rules because they don't fit us inquiry. Take a listen. 
Republican on the House Oversight Committee joins us now. Congressman, good morning and thanks for being here. So good to be with you guys. manage the country's expectations when it comes to this report. What will we see? What impact will it have? Well, first of all, I think Kevin is exactly right. Think about what, what happened. We know that the FBI spied on two American citizens associated with the presidential campaign. We know that they put Peter Strzok in charge of running the investigation. Uh, and we know that James Comey, the report Mr. Horowitz did just a couple weeks ago, Jim Comey opened the investigation in July 2016, put Peter Strzok, the guy who said, we'll stop Trump, in charge of it, l- allowed the dossier to be used to go spy on one of those American citizens, leaked the memos to the New York Times so we could get a special counsel. And then the main thing we got from that report from Mr. Horowitz just a few weeks ago was the fact that at the January 6, 2017 Trump Tower meeting, when it was President-elect Trump, they went up there trying to set up the president, trying to trap the president, all while they were telling the president he was one, wasn't under investigation. So I think Kevin's characterization of this is exactly right. And I look forward to Mr. Horowitz's next report, which we should get in a matter of weeks. Okay. So wait, let's talk about this Trump Tower meeting. So I just wanted to say, you remember the Russian agent that they put to go and supposedly have dirt on Clinton that went there was done through another CIA operative, some uh, guy that would hire actresses and actors highly connected with Weinstein's to go figure all these perverts hang out together. And then when they created that meeting, that, that, that lawyer was refused entry into the United States. Loretta Lynch overrode what Homeland Security said and granted her visa. Like when does the attorney general intervene and say, yeah, okay, sure. Give him the visa. Because I said so, period. So that happens. And then on the day of the meeting, Paul Manafort's phone was being tapped during the meeting. So they have it all on record. Yet, you know, for some reason that hasn't been released because guess what? There was nothing on it. I want to hear the recording, the recordings from Manafort, the recordings from the wiretap they had on Manafort. I mean, you guys have it. You guys were listening to it because it was granted that day right? From Manafort's wire. I want the pen register information. What did you get? Where is it? Can we listen to it? That's what we need to do. That way we can verify that (laughs) total setup from, from overriding the visa denial to getting the wiretap to hiding the recorded information that absolutely had nothing and is exactly what Don Jr. said, which is uh, they would started to talk about adoptions and kids. And of course, cause they're perverts. That's who we work with. Weinstein Epstein, the dude that set up the meeting with this Russian lawyer who, by the way, had, had tons of pictures on our social media with John McCain. Uh, so maybe we'll hear some stuff coming up with Epstein and McCain. I'm just saying. Yeah, you think it's weeks from now, right? It's not going to be this week or even days, weeks away. I- I think it probably is. I mean, look, I have the utmost confidence, as, as Leader McCarthy said, I have the utmost confidence in Bill Barr, but he's going to go through and do, do the classification uh, designation, what, what, what he can see. Bill Barr has always erred on the side of transparency. I know that's where he wants to go. But he's also promising accountability. Will there be accountability, Congressman? I hope so. And, and look. How do we learn about Peter Strzok and Lisa Page? We learned about that from Mr. Horowitz. How do we learn about the fact that Amy McCabe lied three times under oath? We learned that from Mr. Horowitz. How do we learn about the Trump Tower meeting when it was President-elect Trump where they tried to trap the president? We learned about that from Mr. Horowitz. So I expect this report to be good. The, the, the investigation, though, that will determine if, in fact, someone is going to be prosecuted and go to jail will be the one that Mr. Durham and Mr. Barr just one, are heading one, up right now. Uh, one more point on that. We may not hear from... 
Wait, let's just stop one second. Let's just parse what he just said. So he said Horowitz has been doing his job, which he has because he has no choice, right? Because he will be looked at and he wants to go down in history as someone that is what compliant because this is uh, this is a textbook on its own. In 20 years, there will be a textbook just about this. There will be a specific class in high school talking about corrupt politics, and that's it. You know how we had Civil War class, you know, for one semester in high school or whatever? This is going to be it. And he wants to go down in history as a guy who was impartial, even though he was appointed by the Obama administration and sat across the American people and was truthful as much as he can for who he is. And again, a lot of people, listen, you all want these FISA D-class. Now, 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 no. We need 2020 to roll around, you guys. We need these people dropping their names and going into primaries and dropping some serious cash because you know what happens? When the DNC or the swamp GOP backs their own swamp monsters, right, all of them, and this news comes down, people aren't going to be voting for them. <laughs> and then they got a last minute scramble. Who are we going to put in position? Like Ilhan Omar, her stuff coming out, why her husband split from her because they're under investigation. He doesn't want to go to jail. He doesn't want the kids around that stuff. So you think that Ilhan Omar got away? No, she has not. It, it's all about timing. This is how you cripple the Democratic House by bringing down all these charges and unsealing indictments in 2020. Because how are they going to make up the ground? How are they going to run when they're under indictment? How are they going to run when all this information is out there? Like, how are they going to? They can't. They can't hide. How is Ilhan Omar going to be running for office when she's going to be indicted? She can't. She's got to drop off the ballot. And then who's who are the Democrats going to slide in when she when there's no longer a name on the ballot and they got to write them in? That is how you get stuff done. It's time and place for everything. And this is exactly what's happening. And like he said, that's going to come in a couple weeks, whatever, whatever. I'm hoping it comes like January, February, where we get the good dribbling, dribble, dribble, dribble. And then in June, right after the primaries, it's like D class indictments. And like he said, Durham and Barr are heading up the criminal investigation. And that's where you're going to see indictments. They're already there. How many of us have been called into grand juries to testify? Yep. Tons of us. How many? Tons. And when's that going to pop? Let's take our time because nobody's in a rush. It's all about 2020 now getting rid of the Democratic Party completely. And I'm hoping that all of you can feel the same way. That we have the patience and the strength to wait for them to pop when we need it the most. Because that is how you win elections. By letting the people know and not letting them forget. Because if we drop it now, by the time 2020 rolls around, we'll forget about it. Because remember, the media is really good about telling you what you need to know and what you need to remember. I'll see you all just after this break. And we'll delve quite deep into this uh, deep state Dr. Ford Kavanaugh Supreme Court Chief Justice Roberts. See you in a bit. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to 
Tori says for the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori, as always, 12 to 2 Eastern Time, only on Red State Talk Radio. So, Kavanaugh. That's what we're going to talk about. Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh. And why now? I mean, why now, Chief Justice Roberts? Should we talk about it? See, this is how you play mitigation. You distract, deflection, deflection, deflection. You talk about something else to avoid talking about something else. <laughs> That's basically how it's done. You talk about this, you won't talk about that. That's the way it is. And it's all lies, lies, and lies. But why? Why are they lying now? Why are they bringing this into the forefront now. Why are we talking about Kavanaugh? Why is the discussion of Kavanaugh just um, coming up? And it's so busy, too. So busy. Everyone's like, yep, Kavanaugh this, Kavanaugh that. Why? Hmm. Pretty interesting, huh? As to why they'll talk about this. I want you to just listen to what Dan Bongino says, and then I'm going to put you to listen to Severino and what he says, and then we're going to parse that apart and bring in a little bit of the facts. Uh, So uh, what the president says, and then from all those three, you'll be able to see without any doubt, plus the stuff that I'm going to tell you about the Blazing family it's going to come all into perspective and i'm so glad so many people the past couple weeks have been paying attention to these little drops here and there which are really important so let's start with um dan bondino and what he had to say on fox very rarely to store this is a, a cosmic international um, M theory like multiple universes level disgrace to humankind. The new, one, the New York Times, because uh, I got to get, I want to get past the emotions and get some points. The New York Times is a disgrace. This is not a newspaper anymore. Okay, let's put that to bed. This is not the paper of record. This is the paper of hot garbage. This is a conspiracy theory blog at this point. Nothing more. Let me correct something. That was, there's no new accusation. Okay, are we all clear on this? There is no new accusation against Brett Kavanaugh. That should never, ever be. Here's what really happened. A Democrat-connected lawyer who doesn't like Brett Kavanaugh Mm -hmm. says he saw something and Brett Kavanaugh may have exposed himself to a woman in some way. The alleged victim of this has no memory of the incident at all. So let's be clear here. There's no new allegation. This is a total conspiracy theory. Secondly, piling on the Deborah Ramirez story. The Deborah Ramirez story, she says there was a, a witness to this, this guy, Apple, Kenneth Apple, who allegedly mm-hmm. heard about it. 
When, well, Apple said, well, I heard about it from someone else. And the someone else he says he heard about it from says, I don't have any memory of this incident either. So your new information is what? An eyewitness that wasn't an eyewitness says there was another eyewitness that didn't witness anything. Mm -hmm. And then there's another cr alleged uh, crime or, or, or inappropriate incident from an activist for the Democrat Party. And when they get in touch with the person, says, I have no memory of this incident at all. Listen to me, guys. And, and Katie, this is a dad, okay? I don't know Brett Kavanaugh, but I was a Secret Service agent in the White House mm -hmm. when a lot of people who did know him were there who I've spoken to. Brett Kavanaugh is not only a good man, he is a great man. I, I can't vouch for him personally, but I can vouch for the people who told me this and know him. What's happening to this guy is a disgrace in this country. It is an embarrassment. This guy has to go to his church and look at his fellow members of his church and his family while right. these reports are being and, written about and him Dan, in the paper. This is a disgrace. And I just think it's important for people to understand they wrote the story and then they amended the story, but they stick to the story. And the quote was, the female student declined to be interviewed and friends say she does not. This Okay, so what he said was it is a garbage conspiracy blog. The New York Times is nothing more than propaganda, and that was authorized through the NDAA that Obama signed in just before he left office. But you have to think about it. Why now? <laughs> it works both ways, man. If you take a job with a knife that's double-ended, <laughs> uh, you may think you'll be cutting someone else, but the one doing the cutting is the one that gets more cut. And so this is the double-edged sword that they were banking on. So Brett Kavanaugh looks like a guy that could have been schmirky, could have been, you know, that jock, could have been. But he he's like a good daddy. He's done his job. And if you've actually read some of his opinions and cases, you'll see that he is an honest judge. No one can buy him. And I can't say that for many judges because I know that now that I'm in court, I remember... Um, I was assigned a judge on one of my cases and I looked at it and I was like, oh, this judge looks clean. Uh, no loans from the opposing party's banks. Uh, all their memorandums and all their opinions and decisions are based on fact and they operate correctly. This is this is a real judge. Whereas, you know, other judges in the past have been, you know, broke and hard up for cash. So they've gotten loans from the opposing party. And so, you know, they didn't they didn't uphold the Constitution. I mean, that isn't even in their findings. They obfuscate the fact that they own buildings that the courtrooms are actually functioning in. Like this is the kind of corruption you see. And this is what we're seeing in D.C. This is small scale. I'm talking about like city state scale. Imagine what happens on a D.C. C scale. It's incredible because when we get into a little bit of Justice Roberts today, you'll totally understand why this is happening. I've talked about it before. I've said it straight out. Justice Roberts is going down and he's going to go down hard. So let's take a listen to what Severino had to say about the latest Kavanaugh claims, which were done uh, by um, this Clinton lawyer. So this Clinton lawyer made the accusation that he witnessed, you know, Jane undergo such, I don't know, maybe he flashed or whatever it is, right? They lie so many times, you don't even know which lie to keep up with. Uh, and then she's like, oh, I don't remember that happening. But I said it, so I saw it. So she may not remember, but there was another witness that remembers. Ask him, witnesses, oh, I, I don't remember either. So just one person remembers what the victim and another witness don't remember ever happening. Take a listen. 
Times making a major revision to its latest report about another sexual misconduct allegation against Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. The Times updating the story with an editor's note, writing the female student involved, quote, declined to be interviewed and friends say that she does not recall the incident. The piece claimed Justice Kavanaugh exposed himself at a party back in college. Which is similar to a story that Debbie Ramirez said that was not being able to be validated when he was out there. The note comes after several outlets report the allegation and 2020 Democrats pushed to impeach the justice. As you're reading, joining us right now is the chief counsel and policy director at Judicial Crisis and author of uh, the network, I should say, and co-author of Justice on Trial. Uh, it looks at the Kavanaugh case. Uh, Carrie Severino, thanks for joining us. This is an excerpt from a book that came out what was your take about the uproar this weekend about the allegations printed in that opinion piece? Uh, yeah, well, I've had a chance to read the whole book cover to cover, and I can tell you there were no, there's no corroboration of the Ford allegations, the Ramirez allegations, the Swetnick allegations going in. They didn't find anything new. And now they're trying to peddle these new, allegedly new allegations that actually were reported to Senate Democrats at the time. They were so weak that even the incredibly credulous Senate uh, staffers did not follow up on them. And uh, th then, of course, they left out in their New York Times uh, coverage of the piece that the very woman alleged to have been involved in these allegations herself says she doesn't remember them. So this is the weakest of the weak type of allegations. It's really a shameful attempt to reignite these smears against uh, Judge Kavanaugh that are utterly baseless. Carrie, throughout this whole process, you know, inconvenient facts, the narrative about Justice Kavanaugh have been ignored. And after the, um, the committee hearings, as you know, the Senate came out with that 400-page report that was the investigation chasing down leads of doing a number of interviews. And they actually found no evidence that corroborated any of the allegations against Justice Kavanaugh, but actually did find another, a number of witnesses refuting the allegations that had been made. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting, it buried in the book are even corroboration of some of the same things that we found in Justice on Trial, like how concerned Leland Kaiser was after looking back at Christine Blasey Ford's allegations and saying, this doesn't add up. There's a lot of things uh, they just kind of brush over, like the fact that people um, not only don't corroborate things, but undercut the allegations. The fact that Democrats are using this to call for impeachment to call for more investigations. Really, this strikes me as a, a political attempt here right. by liberals in general. They want to intimidate the court. They want to intimidate Justice Kavanaugh, I mean, and I, I don't think it should work. Uh, your book became a bestseller on Molly Hemingway because it, there, was such, uh, there was such thoroughness to it. It was reporting. It wasn't opinion. Uh, and this guy, Max Steyer, who is he? He's a lawyer from Washington who says he remembers the story, but the accuser doesn't remember the story. What could you tell us about this guy? Right. They don't mention that Max Steyer, who they present as just a neutral thought leader in Washington, he actually worked for Bill Clinton back when he was defending him against the Lewinsky scandal. That's when Brett Kavanaugh was on the other side. These guys go way back. Mm -hmm. They have a long-running feud, right? So, of course, there's motive here, on top of which, uh, you know, they ha this story doesn't even have him corroborating that he passed around this gossip, yeah. not to mention that the alleged woman, again, doesn't, doesn't seem to believe it herself. So this is the most extreme hearsay and gossip that's being peddled around as an attempt to, uh, to uh, smear Kavanaugh even further. Carrie, you're Leave talking the about the 
the peddling of, of hearsay and gossip. Can you talk about the media's role going back to last year when Justice Kavanaugh was announced with his nomination and really um, what they have done to publish allegations without any kind of evidence, including over the weekend? Yeah, well, this was kind of a, a case in point of, unfortunately, what we've seen is a pattern in some of the media where you have an allegation that they throw out there with, it's a bombshell, there's this new exciting information, and when you start digging deeper, it turns out they knew all along there were a lot of holes that they just kind of brushed over and didn't talk about. Some cases that we, that we reveal in Justice on Trial, they actually even knew that other people had refuted things and they chose not to include that information in their stories. So that's... Oh, you mean like that they removed exculpatory evidence from their stories, right? Is that it? That's like the usual MO, right? Kind of like what happened with um, General Flynn. <laughs> okay, guys, here's where we're going to take a deep headfirst dive into Ford. So I kind of tried to, during the um, Kavanaugh hearings, drip, drip, drip some information and this is because at the time I couldn't put it out there myself. So I wanted you guys to know that, um, uh, you know, I, I just got an email over the break saying that it could alter my second piece into the Bruce Orr and um, dossier, the Russia hoax. But I'm going to add this because this is a Kavanaugh spin on it. So let me let me let me walk you back. So I've I've told you guys many many times that um, the, the clown agency in London shares offices with the Cyber Command, you would say, of England, and the intelligence community always shares offices with people and groups that uh, align or uh, contract for their interests. Um, it's a great way to obfuscate your presence and to kind of merge. It's not like, you know, the CIA is going to go open up an office in Germany or Russia or China and say, hi, we're the CIA. We're opening up an office. What's up? No, they don't do that. What they do is, uh, you know, there's this big hard hitting law firm that opens up offices and they bring in people that are associates that have this long history of being associates. And then they set up. I mean, all countries do that. The Chinese do that. The Russian. And you can't figure out who's who. Right. And usually these um, operatives are indeed attorneys or are indeed secretaries or are indeed receptionists. Because like I've told you, if you're a clandestine asset, you don't sit in a cubicle, you know, down in D.C. or Virginia or wherever they might place you. And you're just like, oh, I work for the CIA. No, you don't. You're the manager of Toys R Us. You are, you know, um, you know, a, a secretary at uh, an investment bank. You are a, you know, a professor at this university. You are a, you know, truck driver. That goes from coast to coast, you know, and you just happen to be delivering, I don't know, Tyson products. So you kind of hang out in the Tyson offices sometimes, you know, this is how you put assets in place. Okay. The reason I'm telling you is this is because Christine's brother. Okay. Um, was a litigating, you know, he was a lawyer. Litigation was his 
game. And he was a partner at this firm called Baker Hostetler. So at Baker, he was a litigation attorney. He was actually a partner. And it turns out from FOIA requests that, uh, you know, there have been a lot of uh, clown agency connections. Specifically, I want you guys to go to Snopes and look into, uh, it's called Snopes Fact Check, because, you know, as they try to cover up, they also reveal some truth. And this is how they pull their own pants down. You just have to pay attention to what they're saying. So it's um, Snopes.com backslash fact dash dash check backslash Christine dash Blazy dash Ford dash CIA and take a look. So now uh, Fusion GPS had mentioned that they had done some work for Baker, right? The law firm. And now the law firm has also done work according to FOIA requests for the CIA in regards to litigation, investigations, etc. cetera. <laughs> But in fact, you know, Christine's brother had nothing to do with the CIA. Okay. Now, um, he's Ralph the third. Isn't it funny how it struck the third? Well, second, according to whatever they want you to believe. I'm saying he's the third. So we've got Ralph the third, Ralph the second, Ralph the first. We've got struck the first, second. Third. It's like all of these clown assets. <laughs> maintain the name it's like and it only goes from male to male to male of course not like they're you know anti-women or anything because that's a republican thing right you know that the chicks belong in the kitchen and they d- deserve all the work because only the republicans do that not the corrupt fourth unelected branch of government but anywho so here we are where um fusion gps actually admits that they did some work for baker um representing a russian holding company uh, in regards to money laundering. (laughs) Wait till you find out what the company is. We can't talk about that right now. Fusion GPS also said that Baker um, uh, began... their work was like in 2013 and then in uh, 2004 after, uh, you know... uh, Christine's brother stopped working for the law firm. They started, uh, the law firm started working for Fusion GPS. Here's the deal, okay? The address where Baker is held at is uh, 1050 Connecticut Avenue Northwest, right, in D.C. And apparently the three companies that people are saying are CIA fronts that are run by Christine's brother are not um, listed at that address um, and that he's vice president of, uh, which is um, Redcoats in Bethesda. And it's a, a cleaning company. Haven't I told you guys about cleaning companies in, on the West Coast? I, I have, haven't I? Haven't I told you the links they have with Pelosi, Newsom, Schiff, right? Okay. So, and then there's another one, which is called Admiral Security Services. So they provide like services of security and concierge. And then there's um, part of Redcoats, another company. It's a data watch system that's operated by the same people, but they're in a different address, but they're still in Bethesda. Okay. So their filings show different. Their residence is different. Let's get that straight. So this is a half-baked truth. So 
I want you guys to understand that what happened to Kavanaugh was a version of the Russia hoax, only it was done with their people. So Ford, obviously, being in the D.C. circuit, being in that network, being, and, and all clown assets are, in some shape or form, attached to the swamp. She may have some credible evidence showing that she may have been at a school, at a neighboring school, had common friends with Kavanaugh. I mean, I have common friends with Kavanaugh, and I didn't go to school there, and I didn't go to any parties, and I was younger than him, too. So I'm just saying, I have connections, you know, with the Kavanaugh, with with Brett Kavanaugh indirectly through other people. <laughs> Doesn't mean that we were found at the same place at the same time and I'm the only one that remembers it, okay? Let's get that straight. So why am I mentioning Fusion GPS? So Fusion GPS supposedly came to fruition and they started working with them in 2013. Yet Fusion GPS, nobody really knows when they were created. Were they created in 2000? Were they created in 2008, 2010, 2012? Actually, they were created just before 2012, just so you know, to help Obama get reelected. And that was the primary goal of it. They're the ones that got the Romney dossier. Even though I can't stand Romney, they put him in his place very, very quickly. But nobody talks about that, of course. Now, just so you know, Christine was indeed part of the recruitment uh, for the CIA at universities. Now, here's the funny thing is Snopes tried to make it like, oh, yeah, Stanford doesn't have a CIA recruitment, but it promotes internships, which is operated by the CIA by themselves in Washington, D.C. Shut up. No, it's not. The CIA doesn't say, hey, we recruit from here because then all their clandestine assets are made. Shut up. No. You know, this was just done to cover up. It was done to cover up. The CIA recruits smart people by poaching them through the military. Dumb twits. Sometimes people are just dumb. But we have to remember what Ford was focused on. She was into researching. Um, she's a research psychologist at Stanford. And, and um, they claim that she's not the CIA administrator. She's actually the administrator of research projects within psychology. They have to do with responses to fear. And if you remember that guy, Greenwald was his name, that attacked um, that kid on campus. And, uh, you know, he just freaked out. He was actually a person that was in on these experiments that Ford was part of, you know, the one that attacked the kid on campus and went to trial. And for some reason, this aggressive attack against a MAGA, you know, supporter is under seal because nobody's talking about it because he was part of this clandestine research Project, which I wrote an article about where they kind of probe areas of the brain to um, create motivating responses. Now, uh, to understand motivation in a human being is to understand what promotes it. Like, you know, me getting up and going for a six mile walk um, means that I am internally motivated like, oh, I better get my fat butt up and start walking. Right. That is what you would call intrinsic motivation means it derives from myself. What we see here 
how just Chief Justice Roberts operates, how the media operates, how these witnesses, claimed witnesses operate. It's because they're motivated. Kind of like I said before, if you see a spider, you'll be highly motivated to move out of that room, right? You will run away from that room. Why? Because it is extrinsic motivation. That means your motivation or your actions are motivated by events that are inspired or induced by other uh, things. So your behavior or your actions happen because and your motives behind those actions like running out of the room is because you're super motivated because of the presence of the spider. So again, motivation forward. What is your motivation to sit there and lie? It's extrinsic. What is the extrinsic? They got you. Why? Because you're part of the clan. So they like pulled you out of the ether and said, all right, you're going to go because we can create some obfuscated, shady, vague connections that you may have been in a party. So what if Kavanaugh showed his privates at a college? Can I count how many privates I've seen in my life from idiots that got drunk? So that means they suck at being a judge. Are you kidding? So what if he got drunk? How many of you got drunk? I've gotten high, drunk, the whole nine yards. Doesn't mean that I'm not good at what I do right now or what I did five years later or the day after those events. So what is the point of this? The point of this is to remove power because now they know Roberts is going out the door. He's being impeached. He's being removed faster than you can imagine. And they know this is why he's not weighing in. We've got the Ford, the Blasey family is part of the CIA. Daddy was part of the CIA. Brother was part of the CIA. Of course, the sister was part of the CIA. No matter what anybody says, that's the way it is. And it all happens that they're all, you know, part of the same group again. Again, talking about this whole, hey, they all seem to be popping up at the same place. Oh, I just happen to be at a party with the Clintons. Not like I'm connected to them, even though I've been appearing at many of their parties. That's the way it is. And that's the way they move forward. It's strategic intelligence. That is what it is. You create and you put together information and you call it strategic intelligence. When what it is, is here's my narrative. This is what you're going to push. You got a New York Times? Because when the New York Times are exposed for exactly what they are, and you know, nobody can explain why they're on the seventh floor. Not anymore, though, since Trump came into power. People will realize exactly what schmear for hire means. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. 
Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code REDSTATE. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Welcome back, everyone. Oh, my gosh. This this show has gone really fast, or is it just me? Um, so let's get into the juicy part. Okay, so we already know all this BS about Ford. And I don't know if you guys follow at um, F-U-C... T-U-P Mike, um, but he's hilarious. He's like, speaking of women who lie their ass off, what happened to Erica Thomas? <laughs> you remember that chick from Georgia that was like, oh, this guy was totally racist and he called me a lazy SOB, blah, blah, blah. And turns out he didn't say anything like that. Yeah, that liar too. See, the left has a problem with the truth. They've been in a fight with truth for like forever because their intentions are nefarious. And when your intentions are nefarious, the one thing you want to do is obfuscate your true intentions. So let's take a listen to what President Trump had to say in regards to the new claim or the supposed new claim, because it's not really a new claim, against Kavanaugh. The New York Times began by deleting a tasteless tweet about a book essay by two of its reporters on the Brett Kavanaugh nomination fight. It's an odd opinion section piece that waits until the ninth paragraph to describe what's called new information about the allegations by Deborah Ramirez. She's the woman who took six days to assess her memories before telling The New Yorker that Kavanaugh exposed himself to her at a party at Yale, which he has flatly denied. The Times authors in their book say they spoke to seven people who heard about the alleged incident many years ago. And they publish a second allegation about another drunken dorm party at Yale where Kavanaugh supposedly pulled down his pants and friends pushed a woman into touching him. And yet reporters didn't talk to the former classmate, Max Steer, who's claiming that this happened, but to two officials who communicated with him. President Trump tweeted about the story this morning. Now the radical left Democrats and their partner, the lamestream media, are after Brett Kavanaugh again, talking loudly of their favorite word, impeachment. He is an innocent man who's been treated horribly, such lies about him. They want to scare him into turning liberal. And, the president said, Brett Kavanaugh should start suing people for libel. 
or the Justice Department should come to his rescue. Joining us now to analyze the coverage of this and other issues, Ben Dominich, founder and publisher of The Federalist. Susan Ferricio, chief congressional correspondent of The Washington Examiner. And Jeannie Zeno, professor of media and government at Iona College. Ben, we haven't read the book, but is it fair for The New York Times to have the reporters, Robin Pogrubin and Kate Kelly, drop this into an analysis piece, a charge of this magnitude against a sitting Supreme Court justice, without the backup that ordinarily is required of a hard news story? Absolutely not, Howie. And there's a number of things that, frankly, they leave out that they ought to have included, things that are, in, in some cases, included in the book in a very quiet way. They, they just kind of go right past the point that you made in your open that this accuser, this supposed second accuser, is not someone who actually is making this claim, that this is being claimed by someone at, at a remove. They also don't make clear uh, who Max Steyer is, namely that he and Brett Kavanaugh have been on the opposite side doing battle in the past. He's not just some... Specifically how? They've been on the opposite side of the Clinton-Lewinsky uh, battle, where uh, where they clearly had, uh, you know, uh, a, an experience of opposition. Uh, that's something that should be included in any story of this uh, magnitude. Okay, let's just, you know, we really don't care what they have to say. I, personally lie or true be said that he may have pulled down his pants uh, in front of girls and his friends pushing him in it sounds like something kids do in school i mean stop me if i'm wrong right <laughs> but how many of you have had your buddy you guys right in high school or whatever where you know a girl that he likes gets pushed into him or you know being silly and come on man could you imagine if i ever ran for supreme court justice geez i'd have people from both sides of the aisle both male and female saying she sexually assaulted me the amount of butts i've slapped in my life the amount of sexual innuendo jokes that i've made is is horrific if one would i would be i am the worst person no i was young i was Rowdy. I was being a kid and I was being, you know, fearless and delving into a time that, you know, nothing had to be politically correct. So, you know, these were normal things. I mean, for people to sit there and say he's a bad justice now because, you know, when he was a kid and he was going through college and he was part of a fraternity, they did all these things. Then none of you should be up there. Even Nadler with his pants that he ties around his neck did horrible things at fraternities. He wasn't a Bible thumper, nor was he, you know, some virgin acting pretend thing. He was disgusting. So were all of them. Shift like little boys. We see pictures of him with little boys in stupid farmer outfits. Come on, guys. Like, is this where we're going? We're going to say what you did when you were, ooh, when you were 10, you were in the supermarket throwing a fit because your mama didn't buy you hubba bubba. That makes you unfit to run for office. But killing people, stealing, Mina, you know, making money, insider trading, you know, I can name a lot of things that these people sitting in Senate and sitting in, you know, the justice, the Supreme Court justice, you know, all of them have done a lot of things that they wouldn't be proud of. Yet they bear, why can't people own their stuff? I'm not saying that what they're saying Brett did, but I really don't care. I really don't care. His record of how he conducts himself, his opinions in court is what matters. I really don't care what he did at 20. I don't care what he did at 23 or 25. The minute he got that job at the office, that's what it counts. It's like me. Why do they care how much, you know, experimentation I did with drugs? As long as I didn't do it while I was on the job, well, you know, per se, you know, then fine. How I... in 
you know, acted and how I did my job should reflect my integrity to continue it. His job, perfect. As a judge, impartial. As a constitutionalist, 100%. So why are we hammering him about maybe his drunk days? This is, this is what I don't get. The, the, the disgusting notions of them using the past again. Nobody cares. Who you were yesterday is not who you were today. Yesterday I could have been a smoker. Today I'm not. Or you can judge me for being a smoker, even though I'm not one now. Uh, yesterday I was, you know, a loser that had no job and was mooching off the government and doing a lot of meth. Are you going to judge me today that I'm not? I, I'm none of those things, by the way. Okay, let's just put that straight. I'm just saying you're not going to judge the person of who they were yesterday. So why are we judging or pretending to judge him on things that happen? Let's talk about judging. I want to play a video quickly from uh, April about um, a, a meeting. I've talked about this before. Okay? Take a listen. Let's bring in Tom Fitton, president of Judicial Watch. Tom, thanks so much for your time this morning. As always, what did you make of that bombshell statement and the reaction to it? Well, the fact that it's being called a bombshell is a surprising thing. Uh, certainly, uh, those of us who have been investigating this independently, like Judicial Watch, certainly your network, uh, I, mean, I mean, to say that it's spying, uh, only in Washington would that be controversial. And it shows you why uh, the left is uh, so dishonest here, because they've known it's spying. It obviously was spying. And I think they're not so much nervous about it being called spying, but the other part of his uh, questioning was, I want to investigate what went on. Yeah. That's what they're nervous about. This is a joint uh, operation between the DNC, the Clinton campaign, the FBI, DOJ, you name it, to target President Trump or then-candidate Trump. And look, even the Mueller operation benefited from the solicit spying. One of the FISA warrants at issue was signed during Mueller's term after he was appointed by Rod Rosenstein. Uh, so there are a lot of uncomfortable questions here. It could be, you know, the fact that criminal investigation hasn't taken place yet uh, just shows you how out of control and uh, adrift uh, the Justice Department has yeah. been because well, of the uh, Mueller and, operation. And they're, and they're looking into it. You got Horowitz, and then it looks like Bill Barr is going to check into it. Here's Jerry Nadler and Steny Hoyer on what Bill Barr said. I believe the Attorney General of the United States of America believes he needs to protect the President of the United States, uh, and I think that's unfortunate. This is an attempt to take the uh, attention of that very serious, uh, these very serious crimes and divert people's attention to absolute conspiratorial nonsense. And Tom, real quick, let's just pull up this tweet. How rich, right? Conspiratorial nonsense. But the Russia hoax wasn't. From 2017, because we all remember the reaction when this came out from the president. Yes, we did. Terrible. Just found out that Obama had my wires tapped in Trump Tower just before the victory. Nothing found. This is McCarthyism. Now, obviously, you know, we don't know if, if Trump Tower was wiretapped by President Obama. But when this was said, the Democrats. Um, wait a minute. Let's just stop right there. Yeah, it was. Um, so he's the commander in chief. So he gives orders. The media, they Exploded. frankly wanted to Baker Act the president for being so crazy. And now it, we're walking down this path. Well, it turns out the president uh, was was on to something, to put it mildly. Look, there's nothing like it. That, there, nothing like this has occurred in American history. This is 
uh, one of the most significant abuses of power in American history. No other presidential candidate has been spied upon to the degree that President Trump or then candidate Trump was spied upon. And uh, the uh, wires tapped. Oh, boy. You know, it wasn't just having his wires tapped. They had an expansive FISA operation against him. They were trying to place spies and plants in the campaign. Uh, they were taking up his phone records. Uh, I, I tell you, uh, wh why hasn't there been a comprehensive investigation uh, of this thus far shows you uh, is really it's really troubling. And uh, you know, this is why the Democrats are nervous. Their Democratic National Committee needs to be questioned. Their lawyers need to be questioned. Hillary Clinton needs to be questioned. And dare I say it, President Obama needs to be questioned because this was run out of the Obama White House. It's clear. There was a key meeting, for instance, about that shady dossier in January of 2017. Ding, 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 ding. That's what we're going to talk about. Including Comey, Obama, Rice, and Vice President Biden. What did they discuss? And at that time, they all knew the dossier was salacious and unverified, and yet they used it continuously to get not only the spy warrants, but then to go and harass President Trump directly, or then President-elect Trump directly with it through Comey's uh, uh, meeting where he shared it with him and said, well, you know, there's nothing here. And President Trump said, what the heck is going on here? This is not true. And yet they continued to push him on it. I, I tell you, um, our republic was under assault during that time because of, because of the abuses of this administration that continued, frankly, through the Mueller uh, special counsel operation. And I would just highlight quickly before we go, Mr. Barr uh, refused the invitation to endorse the Mueller investigation. He didn't say it was a witch hunt. But he just all he said, well, it was an investigation. Uh, certainly he wasn't pleased with the way it went on, the way it uh, happened either. So, okay, so let's talk about this key Oval Office meeting in January 2017. So what's great is, is that Judicial Watch has amazingly gotten some emails where people were looking to put together things for this meeting. It was insane. Insane. They had already gotten their first initial FISA warrants in October of 2016 and at the end of October 2016, and they were up for renewal in January of 2017. Barack Hussein Obama had written a, had, had um, signed an executive order um, at the end of December, in the middle of December, an operation with the UK counterparts had been executed. Brennan ran, ran that whole thing. And in that meeting, Biden, who's running for vice president, was in that meeting. So so was Brennan, so was Clapper, so was Comey, so was Rice, so was Yates, so was Obama, and so was Chief Justice, Supreme Court Justice, Chief Justice John Roberts. And the purpose of this meeting was to say, we are going to go to the FISA court with all this extra information, which are articles that we placed I urge you guys to go to Big League Politics, go to bigleaguepolitics.com backslash author backslash Tory. Find the article where I tell you what you're going to find in the declassified FISA applications for a warrant and the renewals. And in there, you will see that not just one, but actually two. Well, no, one was renewed under Mueller, wasn't it? The renewals was um, January, April, and then June 
or was it March and then June? I, my memory is 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 vague on that. So one was done under Mueller. So they renewed it for a fourth time, but it was done under Rosenstein twice. Um, Dan Coates signed one of them. Uh, Pompeo at once at, at one application was the uh, head of the CIA, and then he was promoted after the third uh, re- after the second renewal. So the third FISA warrant, I would guess. Um, uh, he was then promoted to Secretary of State where the fourth one went through. I analyze it one by one by one. But here's where we're going to just kind of touch base and revisit the facts of this meeting. So the Obama administration knew that he was now elected. Any attempts to remove him physically uh, would be met with a huge civil war that they would not be able to contain because they did not control the House at the time and they did not control uh, a lot of things that would go through. So they knew that they had their swamp monsters in the House for the GOP side of things, but not enough. They didn't know who would shift gears and shift um loyalties because they didn't have enough insurance on them. And to be honest with you, it would have been great if all these GOP swampers actually came clean and said, listen, Trump, I did this or I went to like a party and this chick, you know, I was like, you know, getting it on with. I was made aware that they were over 18. Turns out they were like 14, 15 and they got that on me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm sure many of us men have been in that position. Help me. This is the dirty laundry I have. If all of them came forward and said, this is what they have on me, this would have been so much easier because we all make mistakes in our life. We all make bad decisions, not saying raping kids is okay. I'm just saying, you know, we all, you know, do things that we're not proud of because we felt it was excused at the time to do it, right? If they came clean, it would have been easier. Well, John Roberts is one of those people. He was appointed Supreme Court Justice. He's the chief Supreme Court Justice. And that is who Obama called on with Biden. And Joe knows this. How do we stall or delay the inauguration of this president since we have a FISA warrant active against him? How do we stall and delay this inauguration, Chief Justice Roberts, because we have an active FBI investigation on him? How do we stall and delay when we can get all these countries to team up and work with us to not let him become president? And Chief Justice Roberts says, we can't. We just can't do it like this. Here's what you need to do. Because this isn't going to work. I can't do this. I can't delay it. There's no law that would allow me. They worked really, really hard. They were hoping all the things they had would allow them to take it down the express lane to the Supreme Court and get this passed. They tried. And Chief Justice Roberts was in on that conversation. He knew He knew exactly what they were doing. He helped them. He guided them in the legal obstacles. He told them that appointing a special counsel will assist in the situation as it has in the past, which it has in the past. Remember Patrick Fitzgerald, Comey's lawyer, the same guy that locked up some dude because he wouldn't tell them what he wanted them to tell them about Osama bin Laden, right? He's in jail now for lying on three counts of lying to the FBI. He's in jail forever, ever, ever, ever because he's supposedly a jihadi. Yeah, that guy, that Patrick Fitzgerald, who was also the special counsel that got uh, Scooter Libby done in, right? The first thing that our president fixed 
Chief Justice Roberts doesn't want Kavanaugh on the panel because Kavanaugh represents everything he wishes he was a legit judge. A guy that, yeah, maybe, and I'm not saying he did, but maybe he was a pervy, you know, jock in college. Maybe he showed his privates to girls like all little boys do. They pull their pants down in kindergarten. They're not going to do it when they're drunk in a fraternity. Come on, man. Give me a break. But he is a great judge, a great dad, and he is honest in his opinions. That is how you judge someone, by the work they have done. Not what you think could have shaped them. It's not like he's having frat parties at the Justice Department. (laughs) You know, I mean, we could judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg for being racist because she won't have one black intern. But okay, all those years, you know, the crypt keeper that is more cancer than human (laughs) every year. She has seasonal cancer between July and October of every year. She has some new cancer come up. You know, they've removed so many parts of her because of cancer. How much of her is really left? I mean, we can judge on their opinions. Roberts knows he's done in because there's record of this. And I've spoken to people that were putting this together for him, for Obama, to present and the discussions. This is where they came up on a wall saying, man, we can't change the laws fast enough. We can't put executive orders to give these powers. We can express lane it to the Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court won't be able to justify it. This will be perversion of history. The people won't trust us. They will know it is you, Barack. You need to take it a step down. Let's get a special counsel. Let's do it like this. Let's do it like that. Let's hope that we don't get any Supreme Court justices appointed by him. And boom, one. And boom, resignation for another since they refuse to give up the crypt keeper. Maybe he'll resign. Maybe he'll do the United States of America a favor and apologize and redeem himself by pulling out and saying, you know what? I've done enough damage to this country. Maybe I should step down. Maybe I should let the people of the United States run the nation like they will. Maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't lie. Kind of like Kamala Harris. Take a listen. My grandparents were phenomenal. We would go back to India like every other year. My grandfather fought for and was a defender of the freedom of India. When I was a young girl, being the eldest grandchild, my grandfather would take me on his morning walk. All of his buddies who also were great leaders, they would talk about the importance of fighting for democracy and the importance of fighting for civil rights and that people would be treated equally regardless of where they were born or the circumstances of their birth. Get out there and fight for the best of who we are. Those walks along the beach in India really planted something in my mind and created a commitment in me before I even realized it. It has led me to where I am today. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my true distinct pleasure to introduce the first senator of Indian American heritage in the history of U.S. Senate. Please join us and text South Asians to 706. I thought Kamala Harris was black. 
See, this is the way it's done, you guys. They lie, they lie, they lie. They forget they lie, and then they lie again. Uh, Chief Justice Roberts, you've lied, you've lied, you've lied, and you're supposed to be the one that is in charge of protecting our Constitution, yet you allow these unconstitutional actions to happen. You're sitting there idly while they're attacking a Supreme Court justice unjustly, regardless if any of those allegations were even remotely true, remotely true, that he pulled his pants down, that he got drunk, that he did things that boys would prefer not to remember they did. And this is why boys like that, when they grow up and they have daughters, they have shotguns by the door every time a boyfriend comes to pick them up. This is exactly why you should do America a favor and instead of coming clean and apologizing resign resign now that you have the opportunity because we have no problem making you the first Supreme Court justice in history to be removed and for your actions to literally change the rules and set term limits term limits that would satisfy the corrupt liberal arm you are destroying our court you have destroyed our courts and no matter what they have on you it's never too late to pick up the phone because that president that is sitting right now in the white house has heard it all and has seen it all he's dabbled in gambling he's dabbled in construction he's dabbled in consumer goods he's traveled around the world he's mingled with the most disgusting of them all, you know, at parties while they all got drunk. He remembered what they did when he was, when they were drunk because he didn't drink. He just watched. They hated him because he wasn't like them yet. He was, (laughs) he was rich. He was smart. He was charismatic and he's sitting in that white house right now. And you can pick up the phone and you can request a Faraday meeting where you guys sit together and you spell it out and you tell them, how can I fix this without ruining my legacy? I'll tell you how it is. And I'm not the president of the United States and I'm not a legal scholar and I've, and I never pretend to be, but what I am is a voting citizen that stands a hundred percent behind the vision. The forefathers of this nation had when they constructed the constitution, the vision of those rebels that decided to leave a union that just didn't work for us anymore. I stand by that. And I tell you, the only thing you can do is come clean in private so you can save your face and resign. That is the only option at the moment is resignation for you. Now that there is an option because as the day draws closer, All those emails, all those interns, all those staffers, all those communications that they use and those methods to monitor us, we've monitored them. And when they surface, there will be no return from that. You will have to own it and go down into history as the person who single-handedly corrupted the Supreme Court. On that note, I want to wish you all a great evening from all of us here at Red State Talk Radio. God bless. I'll see you all tomorrow, 12 to 2 Eastern Time, only on Red State Talk Radio.
down in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper, they grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there. 